You don't want your staff photo in there? <laughs> We're on air, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Show 19. Oh, welcome everybody. This is your uh, co-CEOs and hosts of Coffee Chatter, Terry Nyhog. Show 19, bro. Show 19. We've got a big show coming up with the uh, Olympic bronze medalist, Carlos Ramirez. It's going to be really exciting. I don't want to say it's going to be a big deal, but it's not a small deal. It's certainly not a small deal. It's not a small yeah, deal. Yeah, he's a, he's a big deal. Yeah. Um, he's going to leave the song playing for a bit. Yeah, I like it. It's a good song. It's, I like it. Yeah, it's a good um, song. Carlos, our good buddy. Yeah, really good is. buddy. We're live here on Instagram. It's the first time, so you guys get to experience what the uh, the studio's like. First, the tech team's in the background, you guys can't see them right now. First live show on Instagram, man, I'd love to do an actual live show where you get people calling. I, that's literally my dream. I want to get to that point in our show that we can do that, because there have been some shows where people have commented to us afterwards or send us a message, and it's like, if they could have them call in right away and then talk to us about that, it would be so much more fun. I know. It'd yeah. be really good. So, winning starts the Great Gate, Pro Gate Europe. Corbin Shirah started with a couple of great gates and he, won both days in Salt Lake City. It wasn't a pro gate Europe. Yeah, they got to step it up. Why don't they get a pro gate? I know. Get he looked good. Gate. Yeah, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he looked good. I didn't get to see the races. I just saw the podiums and yeah, it looked like he was on it again. Yeah. So, um, he's going to be up for the title this year. Hey? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many wins he has, but because Doris closer that to, one. Closer to your mic, James. See, this is our tech team. He tells me to Co- go closer. Closer to your mic a little bit. Can we just turn it up just a smidge? No, no, no. Don't, don't turn it up. Don't turn it up. All right, it's fine. Do you turn it up? No. Nope. Good. Just go closer to the Maybe mic. Maybe I moved up a little bit. Anyways, he was on it. He was on it. Um, when we were there, was it two years ago now when we raced there? Do you remember how they switched the RAM on us on the days? Oh, my God. We showed up first practice day. It was fantastic. I don't know. Did they switch it for Friday's race? I can't remember. I think they switched it for Sunday, between Saturday and Sunday. Because I got in the gate Sunday, and I hit the gate the first gate, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm just going early. Yeah. Hit it again. And then I asked Romain or something. He's like, yeah, dude, it must be slower. I'm hitting it too. Yeah. How can you change the gate timing or the gate ram between two days and not even tell us? Like, I we're not going to notice. Their explanation, I remember, one of the riders told me, it's like, oh, it was different because the Friday, it was Friday and Saturday when we raced. So Friday, oh, Friday, right, that's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, so yeah, Friday was their local ramp, and then Saturday, Sunday was the USA BMX ramps, the ones they brought, and I guess they were different. Dude, such a joke. That's bullshit, come on. Such a joke. I remember loving the gate the first day, too, and then I had a shit day. Second day, hated the gate, and then had an okay day until yeah. somebody crashed in front of me, but yeah. Small turnout <laughs> in Salt Lake City. It wasn't big, was it? I don't think I don't so. I didn't see the motor sheets, but I had two, maybe three racks. Did they even have semis? I don't know. I didn't see if they had semis. I saw two racks when I watched. I'm not sure if it was the semis that I watched or if it was the motos. So I couldn't tell you. It yeah. wasn't many though. No, that one's always small. But dude, that's, yeah. I don't know why, but the USABX series, like there's less and less pros at each race, it seems like. Honestly, I think that one though, I don't know if you checked the schedule at the beginning of the year. but I don't It wasn't think... listed, you said, right? Yeah, yeah it yeah. wasn't a pro race. I think so. I saw Nick post something about that. Yeah, he kept asking online, like, was it switched? Was it switched? And then, yeah. Close so. to your mic. Sorry. Close Speak- to your mic, hey, bro. Speaking of Nick... What happened? What was he doing this weekend? He was there. I saw he was there, and I saw him live streaming the race on an Instagram at one point. I'm not sure if he raced, had an issue, but yeah, I don't know what's going on. He, he pulled an Albuquerque. Yep. Just go there and hang, just go there and hang out. <laughs> just go see everybody. Oh yeah, cool. Just pop some gates and practice, and then that's about it. Do you think there's less people at these races because there's less factory rides now? You think there's less less factory less rides? factory rides than there used to be a few years ago? Because look, there used to be, there's not that many factory rides anymore. Full factory, like we talked about, me and you the other day, probably five or six people total. Yeah, okay, so I guess if you're talking full factory rides. Yes, like we talked about. 
Probably five or so. Uh, six. I don't know. I guess because, yeah, none of these riders now, we don't have, like, obligations to go to a race. You said back in the day when you rode for Redline, you had an obligation to go to certain yeah, races yeah. and stuff. I uh, guess I could play a part, but I don't know. It seems like every rider's on a factory team these days. Yeah, but factory team. I know. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Quotations. So speaking of case, yeah, okay, let's get into this for a sec. I was talking to Alex yesterday when we were driving up to Squamish. Shout out, Squamish BMX. We're driving up there, and we're like, he was kind of mentioning like all these young riders on factory teams. It's stupid, first of all, they're on a factory team. You you go on a factory team to represent a brand to hopefully get people to look at the brand, want to mm-hmm. buy the product, yep. help promote them. No, what rider is seeing the seven-year-old on the factory team and saying, hey, I see you on that bike. I want to get myself the same one. I kind of agree, but then if you're a kid and you look up to older amateurs, you want to ride with their on. Because, for instance, like yeah. I see your point, yeah. and most of the time the pros, the kids do look up to the pros. Although, when I was an amateur, I looked up to like Joey Bradford, David Herman, and like that kind of group that was like three, four years older than me. Were they, what range were that? Like when you were looking up to them? 15, 16, you think? Or was that younger? Uh, probably 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Okay. Yeah, like that age group. Because Alex was thrown in, what if we changed, like, there's a, a rule change where the factory team, you had to basically be 14 or 15 older. Mm-hmm. And that way that, like, it would create less spots, I guess, on the amateur teams. Um, and it wouldn't put all that, you know, throw, you, people would be throwing their money to those little kids to give them their jersey and frame. Yeah. I don't know. And it just seems like all those young riders, like, what hap- what's happening now is that teams are putting these young kids on the factory teams just to win the, uh, what's it called, factory team sheet. Yeah, it's like that's the only reason why they're going on the team. So, I don't know. I liked Alex's point. Yeah, if we had made it so, you know, 15, 16, that those were the people on the factory teams, maybe it would be better for those factory riders. And what if you had it, like, for the pro series, if you had, like, Formula One, where you have, say, two riders per each team, and then not only do the riders earn points for their series, but then there's a team championship, and the team gets paid. So it'd be more, um, uh, there'd be a carrot in front of the teams to have put pros on bikes and out there. Mm-hmm. Um that way the teams could earn money. Like you could maybe buy into it at the end of the year and then get more money back or whatever, depending on how you do. Um, so that way if a rider gets hurt, do you have to have a replacement rider? It'd be kind of, it'd be cool. I think that would be really cool, yeah. You, I think you'd have to have like a specific series. Like you know how our series, like we talk about, every, some people go to this race and then you get a Salt Lake City where mm. no one goes to it. Yeah. I think you'd have to have more of a defined series for if you, that. If you had something more like that, people would go to more. But then, let's be real, most pros are just like, give me a free frame and let me go to the World Cup so I'm going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's kind of hurting the industry, the BMX industry. It kind of, I guess it kind of seems Cause, like it. Because people day. are willing to just ride for free frames. I'll, not everyone, but a lot of people are and just ride for their federation instead of actually trying to make a living in the sport. Like in Graf's podcast, for instance, he doesn't really, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he doesn't really care about making a living in the sport. He does it because he loves it and he's obviously successful and wants to keep battling, go to the Olympics and all that. And that's great. But if top guys like that don't want to make a living in the sport, like... <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of get that. Nothing too. against him. I mean... No, that, but it's hard, yeah. to, it's hard to tell anybody to be like, yo, like, what you're doing is bad. Start demanding yeah. more money. When, I know. When it, every guy, we're just... Some of us are like, we're happy to be riding a bike for a living. Like, we're happy to be able to do this, what we're doing, and not work a nine-to-five job. But then if people ride bikes for free like that... Everybody has n- to ride. Not even David as an example, but in general, if people are willing to ride bikes for free and are good, why would a sponsor pay someone else when they're like, oh, I could just get uh, Joe Smellmore, who's making mains, to ride my stuff for free? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Everybody just turns to the next guy. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, speaking of which, you know, you're saying like the less factory rides, less people on factory teams. Pretty sure Throwdown has like three AA pros on their factory team. 
They got a big team, bro. <laughs> they got like <laughs> they got a, a big huge team, team, bro. I just think it's kind of. Fun. I remember one of the races when there was like a small USA BMX race. It looked like they were just you know running the Close show. Close up the mic. Close up the mic. Close up the mic. Everybody on, online right now that's listening on Instagram too. This is what Tori does. He has to remind me to speak closer to the mic because I'm quiet. Um, should do a social media check-in. Oh, my phone's over there, but I'll explain it. So Coach G posted a story, okay. Greg Merrill, um, about pros in the '90s that made like 1750 for prize money or something. And okay. he's, and then obviously now the pros get paid a thousand bucks at USA BMX races, um, and that's the UCI whatever minimum, and that's what the USA BMX pays. That so that seventeen fifty in the nineties equates to like by inflation he told me to like twenty eight hundred today. So the pros in the nineties are making essentially twenty eight hundred, and we're making a thousand today. Huh. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Okay. That sucks. <laughs> that, that sucks. I mean, we've all talked about that, but that's yeah. Wow. When you put it in terms like that, that's a bummer. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, we, I don't know who we were talking about. Maybe it was Jay Rich when we were talking about the price of bikes, too, and I, that made me start thinking about money and how I feel like things have stayed the same in our sport money-wise, but the price of life and everything's gone Inflation. Up. Yeah. 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 So There's inflation every year. Why hasn't, one, unfortunately, the cost of bikes gone up if they haven't? Yeah. Why haven't the prize money gone up, which hasn't really gone up? Yeah. So, I don't yeah. know. It's an interesting one, though. Yeah. I know. So, so I saw that, and I was kind of like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Side one, I had a comment like I was hearing, um, you know, uh, Women's World Cup is going on right now. Yeah, soccer. I heard him talking about how like, let me, one of the girls was like, uh, something, something, we're here to inspire the next generation. People always seem to say when they're talking, like, we're just here to inspire the next generation. She's like, we're playing the World Cup, we're here to inspire the next generation. Why does it always have to be to inspire the next generation? Please tell me this. <laughs> Why can't they be playing Sounds for like their a own politi- pride? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think they are. Obviously, any athlete who says they're not out there for themselves would be lying. And that's you should be out there for yourself. If you're not mm-hmm. racing for yourself and your own passion, then why are you out there? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think secondarily, if you're inspiring the next generation and you're setting a good example for kids and youth to go to sport, I think it's amazing. I think but I don't think that... Well, we can't speak for anyone, but like yeah. I do BMX for myself because I love it and I love the self-improvement and the feeling of self-accomplishment and the fact that I can make a living and everything out. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, if I inspire kids and everyone to be healthy and kids to be happy on their bike and um, the sport and kid um, and kids have people to look up to, awesome. And that's fantastic. And that's, I think, our duty as athletes as well. Okay. Yeah. See, I like that. I, mean, I think that kind of maybe that's what the shoe's trying to say. But when you say it like that, it's way better. Because the way she put it, it seemed like that's all she was there for. And I was like, you're the World Cup, you know, representing Canada. Yeah, Enjoy yeah. yourself. Who was it? Um, who's our captain? Christine Sinclair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she Christine was just Sinclair. on that sports center. I'm sure she was just being you know, politically correct. Let's Perhaps. But I'm sure she does. Like, I'm sure she's an odd, like, Canadian yeah. icon. So I'm sure she is very passionate about um, inspiring the next generation, especially now she's later in her career. Like, she probably realizes soccer is bigger than just for herself. Yeah, she, I guess that's true, too. The older yeah. you get, the more you realize. Yeah. Um, shout out, hold on quickly. Be a BMX, the Bloom BMX. She gave us another mic the other week, and that we got a third mic when we have an in guest. In we have an in studio guest yeah. now. So when we have one, we're gonna have another third mic. When we get big like Joe Rogan, we'll fly people in. <laughs> we'll fly paying people to be on our show. Graph will be a regular. We'll fly him out weekly. <laughs> <laughs> it goes own segment on here. I would love to have David on weekly. That'd be so much. Yeah, fun. I would love to have David on weekly. Speaking of, we talked about the new uh, new segment, a cold call. Yeah. The cold brew cold call. That's what we're going to call it. The cold brew cold call. We had a couple options today. I see a different one you put down here. Which one are we going to do? Okay. People saying BMX Supercross doesn't have passing. This is our first rant. Doesn't okay. have passing or exciting racing. Watch the elite women's mains from Paris and Papendal. They don't have to say anything else. Just watch them. 
I, I, yeah, no, they were so exciting. Yeah. They were so exciting. There were so many passes. Yeah. There's so many passes. Do we need to call? Who's saying this? Who is Here's saying this? Here's the thing. This we're crap. Instagram living on my phone. I'm going to call Jason off Okay, phone. I guess we're going to have to end the Instagram live then. All right, go ahead. We'll, to... we'll call Jason. Go ahead. Uh, we'll call Jason. You guys are going to have to watch But he was on his, on his podcast. He was saying how Supercross doesn't have, I don't know, just, just hits end or some shit. <laughs> At the top. Take the phone off the stand. Take the phone off the stand. End. And then end live video. There you go. So he was saying on his podcast how uh, regular BMX has more passing than um, Supercross and the racing is better. And obviously I disagree. But you can't deny, like, for instance, the elite women's mains in Paris and everything, like I said, were just unbelievable. Yeah, and I understand we, whenever someone says something like this, our, our uh, defense is it to pick that best race where the best passes were being made and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that is what we do. But if you do look in general, there are a lot of races where this pa these passes are happening. 100%. Paris was great for it. Like, semis, there was a bunch of moves. Kai, once again making his pass in the semi to get into the main. Like, he passed two, three people in the last turn down the last straight. Yep, 100%. So this yeah. is Jason. We're cold calling him. I don't know if he's going to pick up. There's a new segment. We're going to start cold calling people on the show. We want to get their opinions on one thing and one thing only. The cold brew cold call yeah. for Jason about this. We want him to pick. I don't think he's going to pick up if, right if now. If not, I'm going to call Nick and ask him why he didn't race Salt Lake. Yeah, we have two options this week. We're ready. He's not we answering. We are ready. So we're going to call Nick and ask him why he wasn't... Yeah. Wasn't racing in Salt Lake City. Find out. Are you sure he wasn't racing? So I saw he raced a moto. I, I saw a live. I have another rant about this, but it doesn't matter. I saw he raced a moto, and then I was on Instagram that day, and all of a sudden it popped up. Nick Long starting a live video. He was live streaming the race. So I want to know what his deal was. I don't know. Let's see if he answers. I'm kind of curious to see why. So, Come on, Nick. Pick up, bro. If no one picks up on this new segment, I'm going to be pissed. We're 0 for 2 on the new segment. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing on the first time and nobody picks up. 0 for 2. <laughs> wow. Are we going to have to pick, pick a third thing to cold call? I think for 0 for 2, I think, I mean, I think we're just SOL at that point. <laughs> He's not answering right on. Johnny, if you listen to this podcast back, we're calling you too. So no one answered, so that segment was a sick fail. So Yeah, um, yeah right on. So, uh, Carlos. Let's we'll just move on. <laughs> hopefully he doesn't call, hopefully he picks up what we call him. <laughs> All right, it's recording. All right. This is the first time ever. Olympic bronze medalist, multi-world cup medalist, junior world champ, Carlos is being called right now. The little magician, if you will, okay? If he doesn't pick up, I'm going to throw this laptop across the table. Yeah, that's fair. Cut out for a second. You're live now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. How are you guys? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Hello? Can you guys hear me good? Yeah, how are you? Hello? Um, yeah, can you guys hear me good? Yeah. What, better? what kind of Wi-Fi you got? <laughs> No, nah, I just took the Wi-Fi out. I'm putting the the signal from my phone. Oh, it's good man. He's going going straight data. Yeah, he he doesn't need it. He's got data. He doesn't he doesn't need Wi-Fi, bro. Yeah, no. You're the uh, the first one, Carlos. We didn't do a sound check with, so uh, and we just instantly went live with you because we trust you. Yeah. There you go. Just go for it. Yeah. Hopefully the sound like. hopefully the sound level's good. Hopefully it'll work. Um, how's it going, bro? It's been good. It's been a tough year, you could say. Training. Just having fun out there. Um, are you wearing headphones? Are you wearing headphones right now? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Hold the thing close to your mouth if you can, please. Very, <laughs> <laughs> very demanding. I'm trying to get the sound. Can you hear me good though? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. I'm just hoping it records really well. We're trying to get the sound like dialed. Okay, sounds perfect. Hopefully, hopefully it'll work. Yeah, how's how's your year going? It's been good, I can say. Getting back to where um 
supposed to be, I guess, getting back in there. So the injury's been pretty hard to come back, but it's been fun. What, what injury? The one at Worlds has just bad me a little bit. Uh, after, like, having those turn muscles and, like, a few crashes afterwards, it's just been a bit horrible, you could say. Was that your ankle, Carlos? I can't really remember. The what? What was that? Was that your ankle? No, it was my left leg. If you see Instagram, you can see the picture and the drain into my leg. It was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I remember now, yeah. What happened to your leg? I, I torn like five muscles throughout the left leg after that crash in, in Baku. And like one of the muscles, like, I don't know how you call it in English, it just like torn from the from the bone. So it was, it was hard to get it back, I guess. Holy shit. How's the how was the recovery for that? Did you have to do a lot of physio or did you just kind of rest or what did you have to do? I had to rest a little bit like uh, so I got the like I got to Columbia and I got surgery to like put a drain in and take all the blood out I had. Uh, after that it was just like a little bit of resting, you could say, then like I just started easily. But I think I just hired back to a bike and uh, recovery wise it wasn't like best idea but i don't know sometimes you just want to be back on your bike as soon as possible and you just do it i guess yeah yeah i can imagine so how has it affected your training and stuff since that like are you able to work through with most stuff or you still have to limit yourself i i have to limit myself everywhere like on the track and i remember like i, I wanted to read the content of champs and energy after walks and i was just like basically really close to walks i remember i rode the track for the first time and I ate it in the pro set. I remember I jumped the pro mm. set once, like really good, and then I just crashed jumping it the second time, and then my elbow got swallowed up and had to like actually drain it too. <clears throat> so it was just crash after crash after crash, and it, it was just. I would say it wasn't. It wasn't the end of the year I was expecting. Damn, bro, how you feeling now? I feel better. Like I actually feel. Like back to myself, you could say. Like I feel I'm riding like I used to before. I would say I started the year up in out of the zone. You could put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Like not feeling it. You know, like when you're riding, but you know, like you're riding good, but you're not actually feeling yourself. So like race after race, I've been like actually getting back to the feeling like I used to have. Like I could ride on the track and go fast. Before I was just like going fast but not controlling the whole thing. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, damn. I, did, I, I didn't realize you were hurt that bad. Yeah, didn't remember. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't realize it. I yeah. didn't realize it either, but like I was just like riding my bike and just going and going and going. Like actually, you just see everything going afterwards. And after that, like I don't know how you call it in English, is Poolbaji, I think, maybe? No it's idea. Like, no, uh, no, 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 what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> it's like on your on your pelvis okay pelvis bone like uh when it goes when it like how it swallows up the bone so like you have a concussion on it a contrition on the bone so like it hurts every like on every exercise so after that i had that because of the torn muscles so i was putting too much pressure on that like pelvis on the right so it just like everything became a vicious circle 
so it's just like everything was going around and around and around and like I was in pain everywhere but just like brought in the bike to see if I could finish the year on the top 16 and have my role spot for this year and who, I have to tie like all the Colombians who are you who are you working with now are you working with German or what are you doing yeah, I'm working with German and uh, another coach called Fabio. They're both from Bogota, and I'm working with both of them. And it's just like it's been good, it's been good working with them, and just like focusing on what I know I have to improve. And uh, I would say I'm improving step by step, and just taking day by day. Yeah, you're a man. You're like Carlos. You like to race a lot. It seems like because beginning of the year you were over in Italy, then you're in Costa Rica with us, then over to Europe and back to uh, South America there. Do you just do you ever get like kind of tired of that all the travel and all the races or, or do you ever just want to like kind of sit back and do some training and then go to a race? Like I want to sit back and train because like that's something I like to do as well. But like as I was telling you guys, I wasn't feeling myself. So like I was looking for races to actually get my body and mind into where it used to be before. So like every time I got to a race, I wasn't. Like, I would get in the gate, feel good in practice, feel good in everywhere. And just when I started racing or doing the race, it was like, I wasn't me in my time of the work. Like, I would ride, I would go fast, but it, like, it wasn't me taking the turns like I used to. It wasn't me taking the jumps as I used to. So, like, I just went to the race and race and race to get that feeling back. And now that I, that I got the feeling back, like, now I think it's time to actually do the big races and take mm-hmm. my time to train as well. What do you What do you work on now specifically? Like you mentioned, you improving and stuff. What are you working on? Like you guys know, I've always had like uh, not an issue, but like uh, my gait has been kind of my weakness. You put it. <laughs> yeah. So I've been wor- I've been working like on actually getting stronger and changing my gait technique. I don't know if you remember. The last time we talked, you were in Colombia, and we were doing some case, and we were like, oh, yeah, I'm changing this, and you were like, yeah, I changed that, and like, yeah, yeah. we are both just talking about it, remember? Yeah, yeah, we were both working on gate form and that kind of stuff. Yeah, working on the same thing. <laughs> yeah, working on the same yeah. thing at the same moment, so, yeah, that's that's just what I'm focusing on, trying to actually, like, make it more, more efficient at the gate, so I think that's a process, a really long process, but it'll just take some time, and... We'll work it out. Are you working on it by yourself, or is German is how's German with that kind of stuff with gate form and, and working on that? Is he helping you quite a bit? Yeah, like uh, so I told you, like we're all working on it. Like obviously taking videos of when when we're together, taking videos of the gate, uh, looking how to improve like that first crank to make like a little bit wider. You know, like make the the first crank, the first pedal stroke. I don't know how you call it. Like just push it a little bit back. Yeah. Uh, the 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 gate the gate techniques is actually like holding your body up front and like I have a problem with the kink. I don't know if you ever noticed. Like once you're in the kink, like some of us just, like try to like put our body weight down. Like yeah, yeah. Drop like it's like I'm actually trying not to do that because uh I've noticed like that like takes you out a little. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. Well, we work on it. I wouldn't say we work on a team, but Adam. Our coach always likes to get us to dive down the. Yeah, game. I used I used to think that when I first started, it's it's not good. I think you put yourself in a different sprint position. Yeah, look at Liam or all the best guys start. No one does that. There is like a slight yeah. dip, but not a whole. No, lot. yeah, no, no. It's like I uh, like I thought about it and we looked at it. We looked at videos and stuff, and like you can see if you dive down, it just you lose a lot. 
yeah, you lose like the yeah. momentum you could set. I agree. It's yeah. Just like, like the problem is like you're used to something and then changing that thing is just it's it's hard. Yeah, I don't. I don't like how it just puts yourself in a different position when you dive down there because yeah. it seems like you dive, you get sucked in your bike, and then you kind of stand back up in your sprint form. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like a waste. It's not a power stance. Like you're leaning forward, you're not going to gain any power by pedaling. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference in between yeah. your first two cranks and maybe your acceleration phase, which you get into. But but yeah, right, if you make it too extreme to transition, you're going to lose a lot in that like four feet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever messed around with your bike setup to help your gait, Carlos? I've tried a few things, like, uh, honestly, not much. I tried putting my wheel a little bit back with the new frame. It's even, like, I feel my bike is a little bit longer in the back, so, like, it helps me a little. So, I, like, I don't wheel it that much. Uh, I used to try, like, crank sets. I tried 177.5. I tried the 180s. Then I went back to 175. So, it's just maybe a longer stem, longer frame. Stuff like that. I haven't done actually like really weird, weird things on my bike. Just like keeping it simple. Try inch and three eighths, bro. Ask Graf. Hey, Graf is always on the limit and just going the extra mile on the bike. I want to see that prophecy bike, how how, tur- how it turns out after like two or three years in the process. But if you look at like our sport, we're so stuck with what we got basically. But if you look at every other sport, you look at like F1 or motocross or MotoGP or mountain bike, they mess with their setups all the time. And yeah. BMX, the only hey, thing, yeah, we, we hardly ever touch it. Yeah, they're always like other sports. Like uh, I was in Lausanne last, last weekend for an IOC thing. And I remember talking to a skeleton girl that was there, like a medalist <laughs> from Great Britain. And she was asking me exactly the same thing. Do you guys do technology on your bike? I'm like... No, we basically just put a shirt, pants, and a bike and just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, true. So, yeah, I would say, like, it's just as simple as that. Do you guys work on your, like, uh, aerodynamics and stuff? And she was like, yeah, like, uh, our suits, our helmets, everything's aerodynamic. Yeah, I think my sports has to evolve a little bit more than when we have to, but I think we're in a process and... Here's Probably th- someday we'll get there. There's no reason we shouldn't. We should run different gears when it comes to supercross and flat hills. But typically, some people do, and I have. But generally, we keep the same shit. When really, you should probably change if you're looking from a setup point of view. Yeah, people always. Yeah, true. You, you should change the old thing, but like as you know, like you change the gear and you're gonna feel all weird at yeah. the gate, and you just gonna feel like well, you're way too low or you're way too high. So like you're actually, you you just keep the same thing so you feel better. You could put it like that. But there's guys that change gears every single race. I remember I used to do that before I would race with a gear on a small track. And then if I got to Papinol, I would just put a bigger gear because I knew that that track's a little bit downhill. It just... I don't know. I think I already... My setup's only for Supercross. Like, I don't think I would change anything if I could. I don't know what I would change for Supercross. Maybe if I went to a flatter hill, I might change for something a little bit lighter of a gearing. But... I mean, this one, two, three is normally this pretty much the same. Would you agree? I, don't know. I, I think on on like USA BMX tracks, our standing position in our first few pedals is a lot steeper than Supercross. Like Supercross is pretty sense. flat. Yeah. Okay. Like if you look at a lot of USA BMX hills, the standing position is steeper. I feel like. But then obviously you got. Ooh, but obviously the the flat sprint is a lot harder. Yeah. So I don't know. It depends on the track, I guess. I would also say like it's been 
rough with the gates lately. You know, like one is really slow, and then you get like a really quick gate. Oh. So like one, you have a really like you, you put your body weight really back, like to back to actually gain like that momentum you're losing <coughs> going slower. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Paris, for example. In Paris, that gate is just. That's how they all should be, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos likes fast gates too. Yeah, you do. I, I love fast gates, but ooh, Paris is just—it's a little yeah. too fast. Another level. Mm-hmm. It is it's on another level. Too much, I would yeah. say. I do think we yeah should speed them up, but like we've talked about it a bunch. I think they should all be sped up a little bit. Like, you know, Pergate's during Pergate Europe—they're doing it these days. They're all being a little bit faster, and that's what I like. Cause I mean, I think it should be a race, just kind of reaction time. And yeah, before yeah. the older ones, it didn't seem like it was like that. A lot of people were leaning back really far, hitting the gate. I mean, maybe it's because I do hit the gate often because I like to react fast, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> have you have you seen the new pro gates though? Like every single new pro gate, the one that has like a little, just one bottom, that thing goes like every single gate is as fast as it can go. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about, brother. <laughs> crank that air, it, crank that air pressure up and let us eat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that thing just goes fast. There's uh, no way you hit that gate. That's when my my secret gear combo is gonna come into play. Just you guys wait. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, what? You gotta do the, uh, the Barry Nobles used to do before. Uh, two uh, cocks in the back. <laughs> Start switching gears in the air in the oh, first jump. That's way too much exactly. to think about. That's and enough. just pedal in the air and just go for it. I don't, I don't think our first jumps are big enough for that anymore. No, we're, we're kicking down too much. That's way too much to think about. What are you gonna do in Belgium? Pull my the first jump and switch gears? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Pull pedal my the first jump. What are your thoughts on that, Carlos? Like the first jump being able to manual. What do you think? Well, I raced older and I was usually like I was doing it. I was pick, I was picking up manually, mm-hmm. and it gives you an advantage. You thought so? so? I would say, yeah, I thought it, you could go a little bit faster if you did it. So I think, I think it gives you extra like ways to go through a jump. But I also think we're losing the supercross style we used to have. Mm-hmm. Put it. Where you would get to a jump and you just, like, I remember those days, you would just stand up there and think about, yeah. am I, I going to make it? Am I going to go as fast as you have to to go over that jump? Am I going to, do I have to push or not? Like, remember those days, you would just stand up there for, like, five or ten minutes just <laughs> thinking about going. Yeah. Now you just go and, like, jumps are smaller and without a hole. So, like, I think Supergirl is losing a little bit. Mm-hmm. What we used to have before, they're making it safer. You could say it. But yeah. like, I don't know if Pullman in the first jump with eight dudes across is safer than jumping. What do you think? You guys there? Yeah, we're sure. Yeah, you, yeah. Can you hear us? Tori. Can you hear us or no? Hello, hola, <laughs> hola. Do we lose you? Ah, <laughs> right, we got Carlos back on the line. We cut out for a sec. Um. But yeah, eight meter start hill, pull manually the first jump. I don't know if it's any safer than jumping, I was saying. I would say it's not safer because like if someone's pull up manual on the first jump, it means you're going to probably have to pick up your bike next to someone that's going to jump. That's what I'm saying. Like you, mm-hmm. So you can have like some elbow action <laughs> even before the jump. So I, I don't know. It's I've always... I've always been a believer on the tracks that it's good to have the different line options to, you know, bring out the skills of people, but the first jump's never been one I've wanted to change. I've always wanted, like, a good-sized first jump, make it difficult, like, I don't know, I just, I'm not a big fan of it. No, I think Supercross, we should jump, Carlos. 
to jump the super ghost that's like i'm i'm stuck with it like yeah. if you see the last two years we've been in tracks like baku and solar now and i don't know same build in the first jump you could say it yeah, yeah like, like you could probably you could probably pick a manual the one in Baku but no one did because we we're tapping mm-hmm. yeah and tapping was even quicker than jumping so i don't know it's just i don't think we should be able to tap manual the first jump with supercross either like i think supercross we should jump yeah yeah super we need to jump it's like manchester i was tapping the first jump as well yeah so it's because they're all making them safe nowadays like why are we putting a middle in the first jump it takes away from the people that have skill to jump a jump with the gap i think the skill of actually being able to ride a gnarly supercross track isn't dying but the tracks are getting easier so i think the actual skill of riding a peaked out supercross track is going away yeah yeah i've always said uh, i had a talk with one of the youth usc uh commission like bmx commission guy yeah and uh after solar and i told like hey we're we're actually losing the point of the Supercross race. I remember when we had those traps just wide open. You had to go full speed to make it over everything. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember Chula. You remember Chula the first time they did it, like the Beijing replica. Yeah, that one was track, big. That track was hard for everyone, and now it just became a really small track for everyone. It's like I, I would say the sport is evolving, but the tracks are not evolving as much as the sport. Yeah, and I, I get it. and I think for a few years there, I mean, I think we went in a weird direction when we had like crossover jumps and box jumps and stuff, but like we're kind of going backwards towards a, it's kind of a hybrid track now, I feel like a lot of them, between Supercross and kind of like just a plain normal track. Yeah, like I would say the same thing, like it just, like for example, James raised Solar, and I would like for me, Solar was small track and with, uh, with the changes they did in the dirt straight away it became mm-hmm. even way easier than before yeah yeah i completely agree i didn't i didn't really like it to be honest like even the second straight they did make it bigger but i still thought the other one was more technical and you actually had to ride the straight to gain the speed and all they did was make it long where you pedal fast and you just kind of float over a jump and it, it takes away that skill and then yeah the same thing with the third straight like i do like it more because you can jump all the way through but that step up into the straightaway made it really technical, made line options, and you made you, act, you you had to be able to pick a line depending on what speed you were going. I think that was so good. Yeah. yeah, and like yeah, I like it now. Like I said, like it's nice to ride, but I think it takes away some of the skill. I'd hate the second straight. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, third straightaway. I remember with the step up, you had like different lines going in. Like there were people pick up jumping. I was probably double manual or tap manual. So like he had a lot of ways to go to a straight, and now it's just like basically the same way for everyone, because it's quicker that way, mm-hmm. more safer you could put it. So like I would say like I don't know why I think BMX is in that spot that we don't know where we are actually going if we're going up or if we're going down. You could put it like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to make it safer, but if you see tracks that are really safe big accidents can happen like uh i don't know like i remember the guy who passed away uh, a few weeks back in the race in the states rockford yeah may he rest in may, may he race rest in peace that's a small track and hey anything can happen in the moment and we know the risk we're taking so it's just like we have to keep growing the sport as as it used to grow like in the back times with when they did the triple crown the bmx downhill mm-hmm if, if you look at it, that BMX, uh, like, time, 
I would say that was like the glorious time of BMX. Okay. Everyone watched BMX, like every we were in the X Games, like everyone loved it because mm-hmm. it was like just that it had that extra thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think one of the like Medellin is one of the uh, one of the still like kind of gnarly Supercross tracks left. There's not many other ones. Yeah, yeah Medellin is is the tough track. I know they want to change it, but I've always been against it because just a tracky, you have to be focused and just go full speed for it and just actually have the guts to go all the way because it's a track that challenges you. Obviously, like after the years go by, like everyone's just like going up on the level. So it, like as I told you when we're talking behind, the tool track, it became small for now. For us now, so like the Medellin is going to get to that point where it's going to be smaller for everyone. It's just like everyone's going to be able to do it like really easily. I, I mean, like for example, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so like for example, we'll build a new track here in Bogota, the one I showed you the other day. Yeah. And like track, you could say it's small, but like it's that small track. You have to be really technical to make it go fast. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. It's like remember uh, Copenhagen track when we used to race. Like the second straight was like small doubles, but you had to be really technical to go fast. Mm-hmm. So that made it like a little bit technical, but fun to ride as well. Yeah, because I mean it's easy to do, but then it's difficult to go fast. So then it makes it challenging, like the old exactly. Zolder second straight. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, why? I, my thing is, why do tracks need to be safer? At the end of the day, we're in a sport that is dangerous. We all understand that. I think making the tracks safer makes the riders that aren't as skilled be able to hang with everybody, and it gets more dangerous I for think the riders. I if, can- yeah, if it's more dangerous yeah. of a track, there is separation and you have to have the skill of riding the track instead of bumping into people and crashing. 100% agree. Look at Baku last year. It's a really easy track. And I mean, I got pretty badly hurt and there's a lot of people who got hurt. Or if you look at other easy tracks, like they're still gnarly because there's no separation. And like you said, we need technical stuff to separate people. Yeah. 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 You, like on a small track and a normal track, like everyone's just in the pack. Everyone's just in the pack. A lot of crashes can happen. Mm-hmm. So I would say like, making the track safer is actually making it harder you can put it mm-hmm. like tougher on the other way because like for example manchester look at that first turn i remember the semi-final where everyone just exploded mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no but that, i completely agree i think that's it and even on the big tracks i understand there are big crashes and it is dangerous but i personally believe that like you're, you're not going to see the same amount of carnage as you are in a tight track with everybody just in like I don't want to say in close because obviously all racing is tight. There are passes, but yeah, no, people are just banging bars when the track's super easy and they're not worrying about riding the track properly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I would say like, I don't know, there's a lot of improvement we can make in the sport and that just, if the UCI is hearing us, say, please <laughs> get the riders invoice and just like actually let's try and everyone sit down and just figure things out and, just improve our sport because that's what we all want. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of which, how are the, how is the IOC stuff you just did? So you went to the IOC meetings in Switzerland. You said like, what's your role with that? Yeah, I've just been invited to a few things in the IOC. I got invited to the Buenos Aires uh, Youth Olympic Games as an athlete role model for cycling. So that was like my first full approach, I would say, with the IOC. Then I got invited to this, like, uh, they were doing the inauguration ceremony for the new headquarters. And then, like, the Golden Rings Award that they did, they just give the, um, like, the award to the best 
like how do you, how's that called uh broadcasting from Pi Pieshan uh Winter Olympics in Buenos Aires. So like, well, it was just to be there and just like hang out with the people. Uh the one that's actually really involved with the IOC is Sarah and she's like the one that has a voice in the IOC for the BMX athletes. So you don't have like for instance you don't talk to the IOC about BMX or that kind of stuff? Uh no, well I could those meetings you could actually talk to Thomas Beck who's the president like uh talk to him and stuff but like it's not me who has the voice like if we want them to hear us it has to be like Sarah talking for us she's the one that has the point about everything is she the only one there's no male representative for BMX no because like you know to be in the athlete commission you you have to um register for a vote and and their vote goes on for the um, the Olympic Games. Hmm. Like, people choose different repre- representatives from different disciplines, and they just make an athlete commission, and those are the ones that ha- get to talk to, like, IOT about stuff. Yeah, we need another, we need another, we need someone, we need, I think it'd be good if we had a male and a female in that. Yeah, I think we need another vote. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I think we'd, like, a, a male to represent the, the, um, elite men class and a woman to represent the elite women's class and they could collab together I think it would be perfect yeah that, that'd be perfect but like I, I just think no male from BMX has ever like, po- like posted himself to be elected you could put it I think the only BMXer that's ever done it is Sarah and she got elected for this time so how do we get a BMXer to get in there and get elected that's a good question like I've been wondering myself bro why don't you do it I've been asking about it and Let's see if I get some answers, and who knows, maybe I'll, I'll try and see if I get to get a spot on the IOC at the commission. We, we would like that. I think you got a good good view on the sport. Yeah. You got a good perspective. I think that would be really good. Yeah, good. I, think I, would, you, I think you'd be good at it. I would actually like to do it. And, uh, I remember uh, back when uh, I got tried getting everyone on the same page before once uh, we just decided we shouldn't race that day. I remember everyone just fighting about it. And, and so, like, uh, I think it was Sylvan, uh, Liam, and me who actually got everyone together and actually took them, like, did a vote and chose what to do. Yeah, I mean, of course, like, anything like that, it's difficult to get everyone to collab together. But, I mean, we did it at the Testament in Rio. We did it in, in Baku. And, I, I mean, we need a, we need someone to represent us. I know Liam does a good job as the writer rep. and for the UC, He's with the UCI, right? The writer rep between yeah, us and the UCI? He's with the UCI. It's Laura and he- Right, yeah. So those are two. Those are two good reps for us to have with UCI. But I think, yeah, we need a we need a male rider as well with the IOC. Yeah, I would say it would be perfect to have a male rider there too, and just collab with Star at this point, and actually like get in voice in what is happening with sport. And I think there's a lot of things you can improve, a lot of things you can work on, and I would say sport globally, not even not not even only a BMX, because I think. Uh, Every single athlete wants the sport globally to improve, mm-hmm. and that's what we're all trying to do. Like in a, in our countries, like I know, like obviously we want BMX to grow as much as we can, but we also want like people to see athletes as a career, like not just as people, crazy people who do a sport. Yeah, yeah. I had a side note so quickly about that Baku thing. I think I think that was great that we had a vote and it, riders got to give their opinion. 
I think in future though that needs to be more of a silent vote. I can't. I don't think it should be the way mm-hmm. it was, where everybody's standing there and they go to side because there are going to be. Unfortunately, there are. Gonna, I'm not saying I was, but there are going to be people that are intimidated to stand their ground, and they're just going to follow the consensus. Having a private vote of like I don't know, you put your piece of name on a piece of paper. Is, I think that needs to be done next time. True, but then how do you organize that when you're at the track? Like you just say, everybody grab a piece of paper, write your name, put it in this box if you want to do this, put it in this box if you want to do that. Like you walk up to the two boxes. I would say you could actually do it like the same way we did it, but actually like just make it a a simple box and everyone just puts the paper where he wants to be. Yeah, that's a good idea. It 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 could actually be even anonymous, so like people don't know who chose what. Yeah. Like you see everyone just putting the piece of paper and like. That's, then you count him and you know where you go. Yeah, that's how I think it should be because I didn't think that was right when we just separated like that. It's uh, a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's good because you don't want people getting mad at someone or, you know, getting pissed off. Someone votes. Yeah, you exactly. know, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a really good idea. That's yeah. a, I mean, like, that's if you look at... Idea, and I think we have to start, like, getting together more as athletes mm-hmm. and actually making our thoughts hurt because I know, like, guys, we talk a lot during like practices or staging and stuff and we say this we say that like we never like actually join forces to take it to a point we have to do it you know what i mean like we we should just like actually join forces and just talk to everyone just say like yeah this is our point and we have we actually want to respond for this and that yeah what is the uh what does the ioc think of bmx in general do they like it sure exactly like i've talked to sarah a little bit about it so like we've had great rating we've had that rating so i don't know where we stand at this point because i feel like in general i mean they sell out of bmx at the olympics really quick people seem to really love it it's gotten good media coverage there i mean i think it's there to stay in the olympics yeah i would say like i would say we're there to stay we're a good sport where a sport that actually brings people together like I, I, i've just seen every single olympic act so i would say that's a good sign but i also say we we need to improve our broadcasting for every single event worlds uh, world cups even though like this year it's improved a lot with you and mark on this on this uh, like on the scenes and everything so like I, i'm saying i'm thinking we're improving we actually have to keep it going yeah. yeah, I think that's a really good point to do because we keep improving that and then the sport will keep improving in itself. I got, Carlos, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, okay. I, I'm going to dive into this. I'm really not diving, but I'm bringing this up, okay? Have you heard any talk reasons like the whole, if they're going to change equal riders, male and female at the Olympic Games? Because it's all about equality, but how what I see it right now, it's not equal. There's so many more guys in our sport right now that the percentage of guys compared to the percentage of girls that get to go is not fair. Have you ever heard, have you heard talk, anything? Yeah, I agree. I've talked about this with you and some other riders. I mm-hmm. think I need to talk to Twitter about it. Uh, how equal is the equality we're asking for? Say it again. How equal is the equality we're asking for? Uh, how equal is actually what we're doing in the sport? I know the spots are not going to change. Like, it's mm-hmm. out there to stay. Like, we're going to be 24 and 24. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I just... I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how to approach this. Like, because everywhere, if you say one thing, you're going to get... Can, can I say, like, bad words? I don't know. I just don't yeah. want to, like, 
Yeah. No, we don't. We don't care. Go for it. Okay. Um, like if you say one thing where you go one side, you're gonna get shit from some people. But if you go the other way, you're gonna sh- get shit from the others. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like it's it's a hard topic to actually go into. Like mm-hmm. I agree with James a hundred percent. Like uh, we've had this talk in some races. I think in Boulder we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had this talk with. I remember I had this talk with Sarah in Buenos Aires. Yeah. Uh, uh, but as you know, like there's some girls that are gonna agree agree with the guys. Like they know there's like less girls racing than guys. Because mm-hmm. like if you actually do the percentage everywhere, like uh, I remember I did the whole UCI ranking. Like guys is like three hundred, three hundred something, mm-hmm. and girls is like a hundred something, hundred fifty. Like I think we're double. So mm-hmm. like if you if you put the percentage, girls are qualifying basically their forty percent. You could put it yeah. maybe thirty something, and guys are qualifying thirteen, fourteen. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a huge difference. Yeah, it? it is a big difference. Yeah. I think it's all about percentage when it comes to being equal with regards to the pay and the number of riders that go to that race. Like mm-hmm. it should always be on percentage, so it's fair for everybody. I've always- I'm, I'm with you. I've always said, like, uh, we should be, like, equal on percentage-wise. We should have, like, percentages, like, that actually tell you how big it should work. Mm-hmm. Like, depending on how many riders are there, how many spots we have, how many race, like, guys are racing. Like, I've never thought about the money-wise, because, like, if you actually think, like, I think we're all crazy and we do this because of our passion. True. We've never done it. We've never done it, actually, because of the money we earn. If you put it that way. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I've always thought about it more like um, qualifying spot, qualifying points. Because, like, everything's equal. It's just, like, percentage-wise, we should, like, actually do a wide-on percentage and just make it, yeah, this percentage of guys are going to qualify and this percentage of girls are going to qualify. And that, that way, it'll be equal anyway. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, mm. I went through a situation for funding back in the day, and... Uh, me and another rider had the same, we basically got the same spot at the world champs. And um, I had to basically make the, the case that if you look at the number of riders that were there, our, we might have got the same place, but I think one result was better than the other due to percentage, like how many riders you beat, basically. And I think that sh- should be for all the cases. Like if we're at a race and there's this many guys or this many girls, whoever has like a higher should be get paid more. Yeah, yeah, and, more competition. And for payouts, like for instance, we talked about it before, but at World Cups for payouts or USA BMX or any race for payout, I mean, I think if you have thirty riders, you should get X amount. You get sixty this amount, hundred this amount, hundred and fifty this amount, um, because I think that would be fair. It's not fair to just have the same amount of of pay. And, and then to that point, for the Olympics as well, it it should it should it should be scaled towards the class size. I think, and somehow, and I think that I think that'd be completely fair. I don't think putting a blanket. Like a blanket number on each class for how many men and how many women go is is fair to our sport. I'm I'm 100 agreeing with you. Uh, I know, hey, I know we're gonna get shit by one side or the other. So like, uh, let's just talk straight out. Just we actually we actually have to like get to that point that it's just percentage wise equal. Like everything just like we can base everything on percentages. And that way, like, we get our mad ride. But I, I know at this point, 
the IOC is thinking actually their percentage has to be 50 and 50 percent. It's like they want 50 percent out of Olympics to be women and 50 percent to be men, like they did in, in U Olympic Games Buenos Aires, where the total number of participants was equal. Like it was half woman, half guy. It's like I think they want to do that in all the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, know, I don't know how to, like, actually, like, I was telling you at the beginning, I don't know how to, like, actually approach the, the, the thing, because it's just, it's got so much gray area on it, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't know where to go. And it's bigger than BMX, too, because it's not just our sport, I mean, that's, it's, um, yeah, it's like, it's everything, so it's, it's not just our sport. Yeah, like, every sport, like, I think every sport's pushing to that, to have 50-50. And I know, um, I know something happened and they asked the UCI to like actually give out some spots because, you know, they did, the, they are putting a BMX freestyle in, they're putting more, more sports. So like normally, normally at Olympics, like they have this total cap on how many athletes can go and they never go up. So that's why they keep like putting events and taking events out to like actually manage that cap they have to go. Man, and I just thought of something like, for instance, a sport like synchronized swimming, there's obviously more women than men do it. Say, say, say on their, on their circuit or whatever, I don't know what circuit they have. Say, just as an example on the synchronized swimming, say they have like a World Cup circuit, for instance, and there's the women's um, class or whatever, groupings or whatever you'd call it, have way more people than the men. Like at the Olympics, I don't think they should automatically just add the same amount of men as the women because that, that would be clearly not fair to the women in that sport. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if you look at it the other way, gymnastics. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, no, I, I completely hey, agree. Gymnastics, like if you if you put it, a, a woman are the showcase of the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, I, guys are there, guys participate, guys um, do their part. But like if you see what gets more press, what gets more coverage, what gets what the girls who get the coverage and the broadcasting even more than the guys so like it's just and that's fine I would say yeah that's fine yeah, that's I would fine. say there's sports there's type of sports so like it's just like every sport has a different a different showcase you could put it and like every sport has got more like more participants in either gender so it just depends on the sport I'm not saying BMX is just the sport that showcases either way because like I would say we're pretty equal in that because like everyone wants to see the woman main event and everyone wants to see the men main event I would say we're mm-hmm. really equal in broadcasting yeah yeah and like who wins and like who gets the most people to watch but I would say like there's other sports who actually hey broadcasting just goes a single way yeah yeah you, you need just to create equal opportunity and I don't think there's equal opportunity right now yeah Simple as that's that. a good. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good I point. I don't think the opportunity is equal. That's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's a major topic. That is. I like it anyway, Carlos. So, <laughs> 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 I, I like that. That's good shit. That's yeah. good shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Thing. That was good shit. So obviously. That was deep. That yeah, was deep. I like it. I like it. I could chat all day with you boys. Also. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. So obviously, you did well in Rio. Got the bronze. We talked to Mariana um, on her podcast a few shows ago. How her life changed after the Olympics. Obviously. And how she's a big superstar. Um, how has your Olympic bronze helped you back home, or how has your 
what was it like after and has it, you know, kind of changed anything for you or, you know, you're more in the public eye now in Colombia? I'd say um, it changed a little because, like, I was basically known on my sport and I became a little bit more known on other sports in Colombia. I wouldn't say um, more public known like Mariana is because Mariana, everywhere she goes, like, people know who she is. Uh, but I got a few, like, after Rio, I got a few parents but not even BMX fans come to me and tell me, hey, that was sick what you did. It was like um, a way to show our kids that you have to like fight for things until the finish line, fight for things that you want and just go for it. So like, it was pretty honoring, you could say, like getting those type of like messages from parents or just people approaching me and telling me stuff like that. So it was fun. It did did change a little bit because like, um, as I told you, I got more known in the sport, so like I got a little bit more voice in my city where I raced for Bogota and then like uh, the comedy in Colombia. So like it changed a little. I wouldn't say more in the public eye, but on sport wise, it did change, and I got a little more voice, and like people listen to me more than they used to before. Uh, Give me more ladies, or <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 you know, like I've always been a quite simple guy about what you just said i've been more like more in my sports side like uh you've been with me for a while you've been home with me and everything and you know like we just keep training and go out for a while and that's about what we do yeah yeah simple guy that's all you need to be because yeah i mean columbia columbia seems to really love sports so um it must have been pretty cool to head back to medellin and head home after the olympics yeah it it was pretty sick to actually like get the people to actually give you like messages and tell you stuff so that was pretty sick i feel like columbia is crazy about sport it's crazy about the metal so it just keeps growing and growing and i know we're gonna get somewhere with the sport because i that's what we're all fighting for to grow the sport in columbia and actually be known as a career and not just sports athletes yeah yeah that's true did uh did you ever did anybody ever get confused between you and um okendo the other Carlos who got bronze at the they, Olympics. They keep, they keep confusing us. And I remember Rio, they confused me everything. They would call me Carlos Mario Ramirez. Really? Like, it just, hey, that name got stuck. Like, uh, there's a lot of people calling me Carlos Mario even now. So it's just. Uh, fuck it. You're both Carlos, both got a bronze. Same shit. <laughs> so, exactly. So, like, everyone just. It, it's, been, it's been quite difficult for people to actually difference each other, but. Think we'll get there, yeah. one, one way or another. How was the race day itself for you? Like, um, like I'm pretty sure I don't, if I remember correctly, uh, you worked your way through the pack a bunch as you normally do. That's why they call you the little magician. How was the race day for you? I would say uh, it started a bit bad. Tom Charles, I remember I was feeling bad on that weekend. Like I, I got there and I remember I, was, I don't know if you guys remember I was having pretty good gates in the home city, my home city in Medellin. Like I was. I was pulling that time, and then, I don't know, when I got to Rio, I just, I wasn't there. I remember I was just telling myself, yeah, Carlos, just do what you know, do what you do best, ride your bike, and just go for it. It's just, take it, take it, moto my boto, Uh, you've turned the left for this, and just, I remember changing my chip to, like, being, like, really bored about how I was feeling, to actually feeling, riding the track really good, and just making the passes where they have to be. So it was just like my mental strength got like stronger every single moto until I got to the main event. And it just, I got to a gate. I remember just putting my bike there 
and saying, okay, one more lap, just enjoy it. You've trained a lot and just go for it. I know you can and I just made it happen, you can say it. It's pretty, pretty much the same shit I told myself there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, like everyone, I would say everyone has a pretty similar approach. To yeah, racing. yeah. Even though like people just, there's people who like make it tougher on themselves. You could call it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At one point in the race, did you see the pass coming on Nick and you're like, that's the bronze, here it comes? To be honest, uh, I remember getting that first turn in and I, I think I did, I was like six. I remember coming down to Ford when Jelly and Nick into like that second turn and then they just blasted me up and I'm like, oh fuck, again? Seven again or eight? I, re- I don't even remember. And then I just like, just say yeah to the finish line and I remember I remember like a lot of shit going on in third straight away and I was just like coming and coming coming back and bad just saw that turn and I'm like and the thing is like I slid out of that turn on my last semi-final so I was like I think I didn't even think about it and I just dove in that turn I started passing Nick to be honest I wasn't sure I wasn't sure if I passed him I remember just battling down the left straight away and just going for it and pushing my back to the end. And I felt my, like, you know, you feel your elbow in front of the guy mm-hmm. normally. Yeah. But at, th- at that moment, like, you look up at the screen and, you know, we know the guy in the top of the photo finish is the guy that got it. Like, I look up at the screen and I see Nick. I'm like, oh, shit, he got it. It wasn't me. Like, inside myself, I was feeling it was me. Like, it just, hey, it took a long time to the side. Like, it felt, it felt like hours for my, for, on my side. I remember just, like, we were celebrating. Then, like, Nick and me started celebrating. Then they said, like, yeah, two medals. And <laughs> then someone came to my ear and told me, no, you got it. So it was, it was, like, a lot of moments going on at the same time. So it was actually pretty hard. But at the end, like when I when I hear that, it's that uh, when I get the grid the flag and I just kneel and it's just like everything coming to my head. Yeah, I watched the race over again. It was badass. That was a good last turn, the double high low, and yeah, so that was a cool finish to see. Probably one of the, we talk about it like all time races. Um, I always kind of forget the Olympics to be one of the all time, but it's but that main that main had to be one of the all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone in that main was so deserving. Yeah, and like all of us in that main deserve to actually be on that podium. Like we've all had podiums before, we've all had good laps. So like I remember just looking at the main and I said, Yeah, anything can happen here and like all of us were good riders, all of us were fast in the track. So it just it was a matter of who took it the best way, I would say. I remember watching the videos and just seeing Toy just come from behind as well. He was he was coming fast. Almost got you fuckers at the end. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, it's, it's cool because, I mean, everyone in that main deserved to be there and then one lap and just go for it. Yeah, like everyone just went for it. I remember uh, talking to Nick afterwards and I remember you guys remember I got DQ'd in Pan Am's in Toronto. Yeah, for third against Nick. How yeah. ironic yeah. is that? He <laughs> came to me uh, the other day and told me, yeah, how much would I, would I give to change that Pan Am game? medal for the olympic medal <laughs> like uh, like uh, we had we had a rough two years like nick and me uh, then we had tampa tampa that year that he was pissed at me 
Like, yeah, just uh, I, I say, like, BNX is a family. Mm-hmm. We all want the best for each other anyways. Like, obviously, when we're in the track, we want to win. Like, uh, you're my rival. But we get up, up the track, and, like, we're just a big family that enjoys racing and enjoys, like, seeing people do good. We're like a traveling... Like, we're like a traveling circus. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. Right. We're just traveling together, being together. We we enjoy our time together. So it's just a big family for, from different countries, and it just keeps growing. Yeah. I'd say, like, obviously, like, there's people who are close to each other and people who are apart, but it's just, like, hey, that's how family works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we're in a cool sport. Yeah. We're in a cool sport. Hey, quickly, Carlos. Uh, just about your talk about the Colombian team for a bit. Uh, you guys have, I mean, a good rider group now. I guess I would say, kind of shooting for the Olympics in twenty twenty. Um, who's the rider who podiumed in Manchester? Diego Arboleda. Diego. Um, I don't Diego. Know. Yeah. How was the team? Like, I don't actually know who he was. How has he been on the team for a long time? Um, I'm not familiar. Hey, well, I think the BMX uh, Colombian national team is improving. We've actually done some concentrations over the year, and like we're, I would say, we're all improving. We're all, we're all actually enjoying our time together. Diego, Diego was racing in Manchester. He's racing with just off the hook. Like that made that semi-final uh, for main one. He just smoked everyone down first straight away. You could say it. Yeah, horsed him. It's like, yeah, so like you could say, you could say like BMX is just growing in Colombia, and we're getting stronger people, stronger athletes. Diego's been on our national team for a while. Okay. Uh, he he had a pretty good, pretty big injury last year, and he's coming back from it. So I'd say we're ready to challenge everyone for the spots in Rio and sorry in Tokyo, and I know we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Anything else for Carlos? Uh, I guess now I guess we can move on to the uh, the quick shots. Carlos, are you familiar with the quick shot segment? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I've heard. I've yeah. heard just the quick questions and quick answer. So the questions from fan, the questions from fans, yeah. So what does it ask you, and then just yeah, short answer. Yeah, go for it. All right, go, James. All right, this one's from at bronze metal ballsack. <laughs> at bronze metal ballsack. Yeah, I don't know who it is, man. Somebody <laughs> asked a question. Yeah. He says, uh, what's the coolest thing you've been able to do with your Olympic medal or the coolest person who's touched it? Coolest thing? Oh, yeah, the coolest thing I did was I remember going to an after party, the Rebel after party in Rio, and they wouldn't let us in. And we were just, like, standing out, outside the door and just waiting to get, like, someone to come get us until I don't remember if it was a window or if it was me. Just I had my medal in my pocket, and they just brought it out and said, like, yeah, we're Olympians. We got a bronze medal, and they just—they just let us in straight in. <laughs> That's awesome. At CMAC one ninety five, where did you get the confidence to push through the pack of older guys so young? I would say confidence just came it came with the moment. I would I would always say like I was in the pack, racing in the pack, or coming from behind, and I would just say like. If I see a little hole, I'm going through. So I remember pushing people and jumps and everywhere. I would just go for it. I would say I crashed taking risks. But uh, hey, when you get it, you get it. It's just taking the risk, getting the movement in, and just doing it because you think it is right. Just go for it, I would say. That's the confidence you have to get. Yeah. All right, from at Max Janikowski. What track do you think is best for overtaking? 
what track's best for overtaking. I love the Chula Vista London replica track for overtaking. That track was fast, technical, and mm-hmm. thing. Like if you if you ask me at uh, the moment on the circuit, I would go for Papenol. Papenol is perfect for mm-hmm. overtaking. Papenol is perfect for going fast. So that would be an awesome track to overtake people on. From at Nick Long's bronze medal. <laughs> has the bronze medal helped you in the lady department how's the bronze medal hey, it just i remember after rio i started dating uh synchronized swimmer i remember right yeah. after it she was pretty yeah she was really pretty i remember dating her for a while and i would say it's just i want to say the medal helps you with the lady department i would say it's just like i don't know you you get a sex appeal. I don't know. <laughs> how about how does it, has it helped? Has it helped you with the? Has it helped you with the young lady you're seeing right now? Oh what uh, metal? No, not at all. That doesn't work at all. You mean you don't wear it to sleep every night when you're beside her? <laughs> <laughs> I would never wear my metal for anything. To be honest, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure some metalists, maybe Connors, wore it for for sex. I mean, I don't think it's hurt. <laughs> um, side note: How did you how did you meet the girl the girl you're seeing now? Who, who asked that? How, no, that's just that's just me. Curious. How'd you meet her? Uh, we have a friend in common. Uh, she she gave me her number and she gave her my number and we just started talking by what through WhatsApp when we're when I was in Paris and just been. Since there, oh, cool. to be honest. Well, all right. Next question from at Narcos. <laughs> what at can, Narcos. Yeah. <laughs> what can you tell us about Tori staying with you in Colombia? What what? What can you tell us about uh, Tori staying with you in Colombia? Hey, Tori's a pretty cool guy to train with. He's a pro cool dude. Uh, I just know every single girl in Colombia dies for him. I told him yesterday via WhatsApp. <laughs> Uh, we're talking about something I told him, yeah, yeah, every single girl thinks you're cute, so, like, everywhere you go, girls are just going crazy about him, and... <laughs> oh, what a guy. Yeah, what a guy, he's just a cool dude to be around, and he just, when he's training and when he's focused on it, and it's just fun to actually have someone next to you and doing the same thing you love, and it's fun to have people and surround yourself with people like that. Cheers, buddy, feelings mutual. At Joffrey Wouters. Which move are you most proud of? Which move am I most? I would say overtaking Sam in pa- 2016. Papendal. Yeah, last straight, right? Before last year, and I remember I was like on his ride, a little bit behind. I just yeah. Remember, it's like a table, double tabletop. That the same jump that we have now. I remember I was. Pumping up, doubling, and then pumping down. So like, I remember he was in my inside, and he was doing top tap. And when he did the tap, I just like lifted my front wheel and passed it over his back wheel when I was going down. And I just got the inside line and passed him. So I would say that's one of my favorite moves. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That low line. Sorry, that last Sam. T- Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. That low. No, that was a tough turn to do that low line into. Mm. Uh, next question from at Nate underscore BMX three seventy four. Are you winning worlds? I'm not winning worlds. Hey, uh, I would love to win worlds. I've been <laughs> working for it. I won worlds in in junior in Birmingham. So hey, count me in. I'm gonna fight for it. 
For sure. All right, from at Dick Lettuce. <laughs> if you could, if you could, if you could put one rider over a corner, who would it be? Right now, who would it be? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. It'll be hard. Call him out. Come uh, on. I'll, Call someone I out. I would. I wouldn't actually want to like throw someone over a turn just for throwing him. Cause uh, like I'm not like that. Like no, I'll but like whoever gives me the chance in a race. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I put him over because if, uh, if that Come means off. I'm getting my foot in. Sorry. That's fair. Uh, all right, next one from at uh, Andrea Escobar. What happened with the model he is dating right now? What happened with the model I'm dating right now? Yeah, I guess we kind of covered that. She's she's in Brazil. That's the only thing I can say. Okay. At Rodriguez Celso, how is the new GW prototype? I haven't written the prototype. Uh, the prototype, the guys that are riding it are Vincent, uh, Oquendo, Mara. I think Andrea has one and Marina has one. It's like, I'm, at the moment, what I've heard is just stiffer. I remember asking the engineer that helps us with the frames uh, for the BB-86 a long time ago in the bottom bracket. And he finally did it, and he actually told me it was a great idea, so let's just wait and see when I get mine. I, I know they're building mine, but I don't know when, when I'm going to get it. Side note here, how is it that whenever a bike company comes out with a new bike, they always say it's way stiffer than the last? <laughs> Every time. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. All right, sorry. It just, I would say, I would say every every brand is working on making stiffer bikes. At one point, I, they're I, not gonna be able to get more stiff. At one point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I know this frame can get more stiff because like we went from the small bottom bracket to the BB eighty six. So that so that gives it wider, wider at the back. So it gives her like a little bit more stiffness. Yeah. So that way, like, you can actually make it stiffer, but, like, there's some frames that tell you they're stiffer, and they could actually be stiffer based on the aluminium they're using, because, you know, like, there's a lot of different aluminiums in the market. True. So depending on what you use, it makes it stiffer, but maybe makes it a little bit, a little bit heavier. Yeah. Like, okay. it's just, I would say it's, it's, it's just a lot of things into one frame mm-hmm. that we actually don't, don't think about because we're only riding the frame. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. True. All right. Uh, next question from at Naked Rainbow Jersey. <laughs> Do you or have you ever worn your wor- Junior World Champ jersey or your bronze medal completely naked? Uh, no, never have. I know my 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 World Championship jersey is on a frame. I'm a medal is always like stored away in a safe. So. No, there's no way I can use them when naked right now. That's the first thing I'll do if I win one. I'm just gonna get completely naked. And just look at on. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> just look at yourself all. What a badass. <laughs> I wonder if I've ever worn my Pan Am medal naked. <laughs> no, you just go, hey Tori, you just go, what a horse. <laughs> at Rodriguez Celso, how is the new Bogota BMX track? The new track is uh, told Tori and. Um, James a little bit before it's a I'd say it's not a hard track it's a more of a fast track you have to make it go fast it's easy but like if you make it go fast you're obviously gonna overtake people I think that's really good so it's, it's a fun track to ride yeah, yeah you got to come over let me know if you want to come yeah I want to come mm-hmm. uh, from at Jobbert underscore Reyes 
Which Colombian writer did you look up to the most growing up? I would say I looked a lot at Augusto Castro. Dean. He was, he was a pretty good inspiration. I remember I still have a trophy he gave me when I was a little boy. Mm, why? I would say Mariano. Yeah. I was just, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was going to ask, why do people call him Tin Castro? Yeah. I'm gonna have to ask him one day. At J- uh, I would, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say Mariana is an inspiration as well, because I know her since we were little kids. Yeah. And I don't know why I've always gotten this. Like, uh, I never, I, I did see Mario Soto race like a few times. I don't remember. I've seen, I've seen videos of him. I've seen stories. Like, it's, it's happened to me quite a few times when like I get it around people who knew him and our stuff, like, they just tell me, like, how much we look like each other, not physical, but, like, uh, mentally-wise, our, like, our energy, our way of looking at things, or that we were just making fun of everything and just enjoying our lives. It's, like, it's happened to me quite a few times, so I don't know why, but it's just, it's, like, marked me a little, like, it's, came, it's given me that, like, wanting to know more about him and i've seen videos and i'm like he's just off the hook and i think he just started some he did something none none other colombian has ever done win an elite championship he won in cruiser when he was an elite so it's just he's a guy to look up up to as well at james palmer what took him so long to join the rest of colombia on gw's that's a good question. As uh, <laughs> many of you guys don't know. He's holding out for more uh, money. You're holding out for more money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was one of the first guys to be in GW when they, the brand just came out. Uh, the brand came out, and I remember I didn't have to use the frame. Mm-hmm. I would just uh, ride a, a frame with no logos on and no, no, no nothing. I remember when they came up to me with the first frame, like I tried it and didn't like it, so we had to part ways. Because mm-hmm. like one of the most important things for me is just how you feel on a bike. Yeah. That's the complement of what we do. It's like yeah. it just we we have talked for a few years. We have talked. Uh, we've always been in touch, to be honest. Um, I helped them out with the designs and everything when they wanted me to. So like uh, I was trying to get like a bike that suited me as well. So like once uh, they got a new frame, they did a new test on it, they gave me one, and once I liked it, I accepted what they offered. Right on. Yeah, I was always curious about that. Uh, another one from at Tori Nyhog 49. It was T Nyhog 49. T Nyhog 49, sorry. T Nyhog 49, He says, if you could play another professional sport, what would it be? Another professional sport? I know Tori would pick uh, golf. Oh, fuck yeah, I'd pick golf, bro. (laughs) Play for a million dollars every weekend. Yeah, it'd be great. I would say I like soccer. Classic uh, classic Colombian boy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a sport that every Colombian practices on his lifetime. But I also like a lot of cars and motorbikes, so I wouldn't be... Bad think about F1 or MotoGP. F1 would be such a cool sport, dude. Yeah, I'm a big fan now. Fucking F1 would be so cool. Uh-huh. Hey, F1 or MotoGP would be sick. 
Yeah. Yeah, it depends what you like. Motocross would be cool too, but their injuries are super gnarly yeah, like ours. Motocross as well, but like maybe maybe as BMXers we would have been good motocross. I I would call myself a a guy that wanted to do motocross, but my parents didn't let me. Straight up, same. <laughs> I would love I to. Do, most of us. I would love to be if I if it wasn't like BMX, I'd probably pick motocross or golf. Motocross would be sick. Mm-hmm. Actually, hockey would be cool too. <laughs> Those would be on my three. I think, yeah, I think all of us want to do different sports. Like, oh, hey, I would love to do. To be honest, I would love to do soccer, F one, MotoGP, or motocross. Those yeah. would be my like my top. All well paying sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one more. Game. All right, one more. This is a fun question. This is a fun one. Oh, a fun one. That's a fun one. Because <laughs> the other ones haven't been fun. Other ones are super serious. <laughs> all right. Would you rather race the final with a missing chainring bolt or a missing stem bolt? Stem bolt. Just don't case. You go stem bolt? hundred percent go stem bolt. What does it depend uh, on? When we're talking when we yeah, where's the stem bolt? In the in the handlebar part or in the Yeah, the it, it's yeah. on the handlebar part, not the fork part. Oh handlebar? No, I go with the chain ring. Are you fucking crazy dude? You do one hey. game with a missing chain ring bolt, you're gonna shear your sprocket clean off. We're not heavy like you, Terry. <laughs> hey, dude, hey, like hey. you could you're be saying, you're saying I get three chain rings. Instead of four. Yeah, three out of four chain rings. I just tied those three really hard and I'm gone. <laughs> well, dude, if you're going you're gonna to shear your chain ring clean off out of the gate. It's just one lap. I'm good with one lap. You're not going to make imagine, it one lap. Imagine just getting one little case, tiny case, and you have the bar just go down. I would, I would take my... I, I For sure, with a three to four, you're at higher risk. I think if you're missing a... I wrote a whole session of the track with 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 missing a, a stem bolt before. I just no, didn't, you did I just didn't case. No, you did yeah, not. Yeah, at Abbotsford Indoor, the first lap, I overshot onto the last jump, and my bars went forward, and I was like, what the hell? I, I snapped a chain, uh, stem bolt. Yeah, yeah. And so I just rode the rest of the session without it. Granted, I didn't, I didn't like, do a ton of stuff. I'd be scared i get to the bottom of the Supercross Hill, go to pump. I wouldn't. I don't think I would. I don't know. I don't know. I think they would. I think hey, if hey, you didn't I've, case, you'd be fine. I've done a whole session with three bolts on my cranks, I'm sure. <sighs> Maybe you need to lift more weights, Carlos. Maybe that's why. <laughs> You're just tempting the BMX gods with that one. That is just scary. <laughs> hey, but I would go with that one for sure. Yeah, uh, okay. hey, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> In a good way. We love you, A little bit. All right, bro. That's all we got for you today. Thanks so much for coming on. That was a lot of fun. No, thank you guys for the invite. I had a lot of fun with you guys and love the show. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Honest. Thanks, buddy. Love what you guys are- go ahead. Hello? Changing the sports, guys. Yeah, you guys are changing the sport. Thanks, buddy. Really, pr- We really appreciate it, buddy. Take care, and we'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Hope, you're, hope to see you back on the track, both of you guys. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, see Carlos. You. See you, Worlds. We cut out for a sec. We're back. All right. Carlos Maroon is everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the little magician. Man, I like Carlos. He's a good guy. That Always a, has been. Yeah. That was a good potty. Uh-huh. I really, really I like, good potty. Good, get, good discussions. Great discussions. Good discussions. I get really hyped when it comes to the whole equality thing. I don't know why. It just it's, it's a good topic. Grinds my gears or the way it is right now. It's a good so, topic. It's yeah. It's such a gray area, like in the situation, but it's a good topic to discuss. I mean, it's so uh, current and everything these days. Yeah, yeah, and I like his view on it. I really like Carlos's kind of overview on how he thinks about the sport and where it could go and what we could do to make it better. Um, I really do think that if we could get him or someone else as, as well, he'd be a really great representative. Uh, up where like Sarah is, I guess, with the yeah. IOC, um, have them to do it. I think that would help. Yeah. Um, just need to. We need to get these people aware that 
Um, in my opinion, it's not equal. That we need equal opportunity, and it's not or that fair. Way. You mean fair opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it's same equal equal. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, sure. Either way. Yeah. Um, heated debate really with within everybody. Heated. It didn't get heated. No, not with him, but I mean in general. Oh yeah, but people it, like to get into it. It's cool. That. Cool yeah. to talk to Carlos about that. It's cool to yeah. talk to Carlos about that. It's cool. He's doing stuff with IOC too. That's a. It's a really good opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to have him representing us like that. Yeah. Um, so, what's up next? I'm heading to Sweden on Thursday. Yeah. I didn't know about this until like the other day. This is Heading cool. to Sweden on Thursday. So what's Doing a camp with Kimmy. Oh, Kimmy. Kimmy Wedden. Sunday to Tuesday at Engelholm Supercross Track we raced. That's so cool. flying out there Thursday. Going to be there from Friday to uh, come home Wednesday. Then I go to San Diego Thursday. Busy man. Right, yeah. Busy, Busy man. man. How did that all come about? He um, you? Yeah, he's put on a summer camp and um, uh, wanted me to help him out with it. So flying me over and just going to have some fun with Kimmy, coach some kids. Hell and yeah. Enjoy some Swedish meatballs. All right. Yeah. Side note, okay. Kimmy, if you're listening, we talked about trading jerseys and I was supposed to bring one for Tori to take with him. I forgot again. That's eh, all right. So uh, I'll see you. I w- I'm you'll not have to go back to San Diego now. Yeah, you'll have to come back. I'll yeah. see you, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess doing the camp in Sweden Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So I guess there's still spots available. I shared on my Instagram to today. I Maybe guess the today. podcast is coming out tomorrow, so might be on there tomorrow. <laughs> I mean today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want to register, it's uh, go to it's at Anglehome, Home. Me and Kimmy, so it'll be fun. Right James on. going to national champs. Gonna give the wrist a tape and have a crack. Yeah, we're gonna have a go. I got a brace now. It's, it's tape now. Let's see. I just got tape on it because I, I tried my brace out. I was riding with it today on the street. Tape, tape around the palm. I would. No, I only yeah, put yeah. the tape here just to remind me that it's kind of bugging me. Okay. It was sore. I got okay. a brace now. I tried it out today. How it was worked, it? It worked pretty good. Uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't bother me like holding it. How's the pain? Um, How's the pain when you pedal? It's okay. Like I think I'm allowed to push through it now. I've just been worried about now is like uh, Andre was kind of scaring me being like, yo, make sure the pin is settled in there before you start trying to push oh, it. Oh, fuck that. Just go for it. <laughs> so he's the like, don't, don't loosen up the hardware. That's what I was thinking. Bro, the thing is screwed in there. Well, I just had to make sure. I don't know. It's my first time going through Dude, the through thing this. is screwed in there. How long has it been? Uh, two weeks. You're fucking good after two weeks. Okay. The thing is screwed in there. You're good. Well, people got to know this is my first time. Tori's a, apparently a seasoned vet. That's cute. I remember my first injury. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but uh, I was able to ride on the street. If you, screw, if, you screw, if you screw two pieces of wood together, is the pieces of wood going to break at the screw? I don't know. It's, I'm not, this isn't carpentry in so my mind. It's carpentry. It is carpentry. It's carpentry. So there's two pieces of wood. You put a screw through them. Is yeah. the screw going to break or is it stronger than it was before? We, the screw's not going to break. Exactly. But the, just the wood is still like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not no. trying to defend myself here. So the, I'm just learning. So two pieces of wood are your bone. Imagine two pieces of wood yes, are your yes, bone. Yes, yes, If you, you have one screw in and you two put, pieces you, of wood. Like two thin pieces of wood, say, and you put a screw through them completely. And it's a solid unit then. Yeah. Is it going to break, even though there's a gap still? The screw's not going to break, but there's still be like moving. I don't know. No, there's, it's not. It's in place. Fucking tape it. Well, you got you to use something different than wood, because if the screw was in wood, it oh. can still move right. Kind of besides the point. Yeah. Anyways, there was... That's all. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so I tried it out on the road. It felt pretty good. So I'm going to start probably sprinting the end of this good, week. Good, and good, good, good. Yeah. Be ready to go. Yeah, it'd be good. So, yeah. Uh, you put this rant in, Tori. I thought it was funny, kind of funny, because I did this you ins- this You inspired the rant. And I'm totally, I'm not on board with this rant. rant. BMX is posting coffee latte art. We don't give a fuck about the latte art. You know, fuck Every you. day, you, <laughs> Simona, and every Joe Smellmore BMX world <laughs> thinks we care about the latte art. We don't care. Once it- in a while, fine. Every day, oh, better one today. Wow. Do something else. <laughs> As you guys can see, uh, Tori doesn't work on his latte art anymore. I like it. I enjoy when I see other people's art because I'm practicing. I like. I have lots of fun. So you know, fuck you. Okay, I enjoy it. <laughs> you need a new hobby. 
I, I can't do my other hobby, which is golf right now. So yeah, yeah. I've been putting in my living room, trying to keep like. How's the flat stick? Not that great. I've been uh, on my line. I've been off the line a little bit. Keeps wobbling. Yeah, I went golfing yesterday. I played great. Shot a 91 at a very difficult course. Couldn't putt. No. Oh, I fucking three putted so many times. It is so tough. Sometimes. So tough. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard. Um, I guess probably no show next week. I thought. Yeah, this is news to me too, but I guess it probably makes no show. Yeah, probably in Sweden and on Tuesday. Yeah, traveling twice and. When are you traveling? Are you traveling on Tuesday? Home? I can't remember what you said already. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday. We're doing a camp Monday, Tuesday, so I don't have a show next week. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if we'll have a show next Tuesday, week, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, other than that, though, I guess not much up next, eh? Any no. USC Max races? No. no. National champs for probably a lot of countries coming up as yeah. long as with us. Um, you know, you probably won't be there. No. No. Injuries still kind of happening. So yeah. ride more no than national champs. No national champs. Thanks, Pro Get Europe. Yeah. Anything else? You. Uh, I think that's about it. No. This is your coffee, coffee chatter CEOs, uh, Tori Nyhawk and James Palmer. We went live on Insta today. That was cool. That was cool. Let us know what you guys think about that. We need to learn how to do a live show. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Till next time, peeps. Later, guys.